Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Well, guys, we're continuing in our, in our series, and uh, I hope you're not tired of it. I hope you're, you're like, I want something different and shiny, and so I can, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, but listen, this, is, uh, this has been such a great journey for us as we walk through the whole of the Bible. And we've, we've been from Genesis all the way through the Old Testament. We're now in the book of James. And some of these messages are very practical. But, but what, we've, what we've experienced as we walk through is the reality that, uh, that we needed a Savior. And the reality that God wanted to bring us back to Eden, Eden status where we have relationship with him. And so because the first Adam screwed it all up for all of us, God sent his very own son who became the second Adam. So we no longer have to be under the curse of our first Adam, our, our, the father of humanity. We now can put our faith in Jesus who represents us and died for us. And by our faith in him, we are now back into relationship with God. It's a good thing. And we've been on the journey, but we've also experienced that God, through the work of his son Jesus, has offered us things and gifts and blessings that we can walk in. And that's what I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about today, that many of us forget that we have available to us not only the mind of Christ, but we have available to us the power of the Holy Spirit on, inside of us, but also we have areas that we can walk in that many of us do not walk in. And I'm gonna talk today about the way of wisdom, that wisdom has been made available to you because of the work of Jesus Christ. And so as we walk through it, we've, we've seen that, that we were depraved. We have nothing to offer God. So out of his grace and his mercy, he saves us. And we now have in us, we have the ability to walk in, a, in the supernatural while still living in a natural world. Because God is the one who dwells in us. Because as a reminder, we love the Old Testament. We read about the tabernacle and the, and the, the, you know, the, the fire and the, and the incense. And we see pictures of the temple and, and, all, and the, the glory cloud. And we hear all of this stuff. And we go, wow, wouldn't that be awesome? Wow, isn't God's presence amazing? And oh gosh, that's so great. But what we forget is God no longer dwells in buildings that are made by man's hands. He dwells in you and me. So what you see in the picture and you imagine the power of all of that, that power dwells in you. That's a good amen right there. Amen. That power dwells in you. So the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. Turn and tell someone it lives in you. So that power lives in you. But what we forget often is we have access to God's presence, God's counsel, God's spirit that dwells in us. And so I'm going to talk about the way of wisdom, the way of wisdom. James chapter 3, it's some challenging words here, but God's going to speak to some of us today. James writes, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, 
Do not boast and be false to the truth. In other words, admit it, just be honest. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. How many knows um, that's not good then, right? Not good. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And so maybe you're thinking today, you know, I, I, are we going to talk about wisdom? You might be thinking, I don't, I don't, I, I don't need wisdom. I need something else in my life. I need, uh, I need God to do something. I need God to change something. I need God to change that person and that person and, and that person and that wife and that husband. And I, I need God to do something. So many times we can, we can think that way. But I believe there are people here today that actually wisdom is the greatest need that you have. It's the greatest need. You think it's, you need God to do something, but really what you really need is you need wisdom from on high. You need to tap in to what has been made available to you through the work of Jesus Christ that dwells inside of you and the word of God. Some of you are going through a difficult time. Some of you maybe are in the middle of a, of a troubled situation and it could be your job or your marriage or it could be a health issue. It could be something you're, you're walking. It could be financial or a friendship. Maybe you're at the end of your rope. Maybe you're at a fork in the road. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're in a dark time. And maybe you have a lot of questions about what God is, who he is and who he isn't. It's in these times, the question is not what is going on, for many of us, this question is, is God, what, what, what do I, at that moment, it's God, what do I need to do? What decisions, God, I, I, have, I have decisions in front of me, and which one do I, do I make? And if, if you're a parent, your decisions about your household and your child, many times we're paralyzed of indecision because we don't know what decision to make and maybe you're a young adult and trying to figure out what direction you're going to go in your life or if should you should you marry this person should you not should you break it off or should you run or should you call the police I don't know what it is if you're thinking about calling the police you should leave them okay I'm just saying I'm just saying. a little side note there but you we all have decisions we have to make and what we need isn't isn't more information. What we need is the wisdom of God to show us which way to go. You need wisdom from God so you know how to respond to the challenges that you're facing. You need wisdom from God you, so that you can walk out a life that has his fingerprints all over it. You have available to you the ability to walk in the will and the wisdom of God that, that you're going to see manifested in your life, the supernatural things of God. But you won't achieve that if you're being led by another type of wisdom outside of God's wisdom. You can't do it without wisdom. It's incredib incredibly vital to understand today 
that there is a difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom. And you can be following Jesus and you can be walking with Jesus and be living your life from man's wisdom and not God's wisdom. Many people don't grasp the difference. And when you think of wisdom, you think of someone with knowledge. But knowledge and wisdom are different. They're different. Knowledge is in the head, wisdom is in the heart. A wise person will have knowledge, but just because a person has knowledge doesn't mean they have wisdom. How many here know some really smart, stupid people? Come on, just raise your hand, right? Okay, see, prove a point. Don't point, stop pointing, don't. (laughs) They're not the same. It takes knowledge to build a house. It takes wisdom to build a home. It takes knowledge to get married. It takes wisdom to build a fruitful, life-giving marriage. It takes knowledge to quote the Bible, but it takes wisdom to allow it to lead you in your daily life. There's a difference. And, and once you see the difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom and begin living your life from God's wisdom, it's going to change your life. It's gonna alter the course of generations. So I want the scriptures to help us this morning. First, to discern what system of wisdom are you living from? And then how do we then align ourselves to have the wisdom of God? So before we look at God's wisdom, I I wanna look at what James talks about in, in here, the wisdom of man. Now, the wisdom of man is, is knowledge, it's information. Some's true, some is not, but it's information. This is what we learned growing up. This is what you learned in school. This is what you had to unlearn from university, right? This is the, the knowledge, right? It's lessons you've learned from others. It's, it's information. And James uses three words to describe the wisdom of man. It is earthly or worldly, unspiritual, some, would, would, some have translated this uh, fleshly or sensual. And the other type of wisdom, of man's wisdom, it's demonic. So man's wisdom functions in these three areas. And some, all three, it's earthly, it's unspiritual, and it's demonic. So verse 15, it says, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above. It's earthly, spiritual, and demonic. So in, in order for us to walk in the wisdom of God, we, we kind of need to pull the curtains back and really look at our own lives and determine what system are we, are we making decisions from in our daily lives? Is it man's wisdom? Is it earthly? Is it unspiritual? Is it demonic? So I want you to think about these words for, for a second here. James is not using these three words as a compliment to man's wisdom. He's not, he's not being like, you know, it's, it's, it's decent, it's okay. No, it's, it is, it's a negative thing. And any person, when you look at that, could identify making decisions about their life based off of the wisdom from the world without God, from the devil, it's not going to turn out good for you. Because the wisdom of man carries out the purposes and the plans of the enemy. So Satan has a plan for your life, just like God has a plan for your life. 
We know, we know God has a plan and God, his plans for me are perfect and his plans for me, you know, not to harm me. And you know, all these, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Trust me, Satan has his own verse about you. I know the plans I've got for them. It's to harm them. It's to derail them. It's to keep them from walking in the supernatural wisdom of God so that if I can't keep them from getting saved, at least I can keep them from being effective on this earth. He's got a plan. And so we, have to, we make decisions from these two areas of wisdom. And, and I just believe God wants to just really just expose this and this, uh, us when we leave today, we're gonna align our lives to the wisdom of God. But the, the first thing is, is this, that the earthly and worldly wisdom, what, what is this? This is describing man's wisdom that's rooted in earthly measurements, earthly standards. It thinks only of the world. Now we live in the world, but we're not of it. So we, we do things in the world. We make decisions about our work, our job, whatever it is that we're doing, we make decisions in the world. So this isn't about, I'm not saying be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying though is though we live on the earth, if we're not careful, we can, we can fall into this understanding that we make decisions based off of the world or earthly consideration. So this wisdom doesn't take into consideration that the Bible tells us that there is an invisible spiritual world all around us. This doesn't take into account any of that. Man's wisdom, earthly man's wisdom operates in the arena of the world. And so you can see, as you look at it, it doesn't consider invisible spiritual things. It only considers what it sees. So decisions that we make in our life that are based on man's wisdom, that are anchored to this earthly, worldly wisdom that James speaks about, does not consider that there are spiritual implications of the decisions that we make in our life. It's like we don't see it. It's like, ah, oh, that doesn't matter. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. We, 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 don't, we don't consider that this decision has a spiritual ripple effect in my life, in my family, has a spiritual ripple effect in my community, in my home, in, at my workplace, in, with my career, with my success or not success. And so this type of wisdom, we make decisions not thinking, hang on, we live in a spiritual world. And people who function from, from earthly or worldly wisdom, even think people who make decisions from godly wisdom, they, they, they'll call them legalistic, uptight, small-minded, not relevant, no fun. They'll just dismiss any, anybody who would make a decision that, that really wants to align their lives with who God is. People operating in worldly wisdom actually would criticize them. And you see this worldly wisdom that you see it in secular schools from professors who would laugh at the idea that God created the heavens and the earth. You see it with parents who don't consider the spiritual impact of what's allowed in their home, what's allowed on the TV, what's allowed with the music that they listen to, what's allowed in the books that they read. Man's wisdom cannot imagine the reality of something they cannot see. So unfortunately, a lot of Christians can function in this, in this world. They don't realize you live in a spiritual world. 
And so you make decisions like everybody else because we want to. Therefore, we make the decision. But you're not understanding the impact that it makes on your life and your family. Then James goes on to describe another type of man's wisdom. It is unspiritual or of the flesh. And this is wisdom that only operates in the, in the area of our five senses. So see, hear, taste, touch, smell. So the wisdom a man says you can, you, this is what the wisdom man says this, it, if you feel something, it must be true. Now, some of it is true because if I smell enchiladas, they taste good. I know they do. So I'm not, I'm not saying that it's all false. And then I make a decision, I'm going to eat me some, right? I don't know what I'm doing talking about enchiladas. So let's get back here. So, so this unspiritual wisdom only is, gets input from the senses. It says you can trust your feelings. I, I, if I could just be honest with you for a second, you can't trust your feelings. Have you ever concluded about something because you felt it was, it was therefore it, it, it is, and then you realize it was not, and my feeling was wrong? Your feelings will lie to you. What many aren't aware of is that you have inherited a learned thought process on how you make decisions. And it's a learned thought process that was inherited not from God, from man, from your family, depending on the household you grew up in. Some have learned to make decisions from their learned suspicion. So everything that happens, it's they're suspicious. They're suspicious, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. Every, every, everything, they're suspicious about everything. This, something, this decision's made, they go, hmm, I wonder what's really going on. Or this happens and there's a shift or a change, ooh, that must really mean that this happens over this. I have a theory, I think people who operate with suspicion all the time is really probably the gift of, of, of prophecy in their life that is fueled and motivated by the spirit of fear versus the Holy Spirit. That you're always looking out. Well, that's a learned behavior. It's wisdom of man. Or maybe you make decisions from fear. Maybe, maybe you are so used to fear. Fear has become your companion. Fear has become your, your husband or your wife. Fear has become, that's what you go to bed with. That's what you wake up with. And so everything you see is, oh, through fear. So it paralyzes you. It's, it, it, it keeps you from walking in God's wisdom. Because the reality is God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So here's this, here, all of a sudden we're, we're making decisions based off of things that God's like, I didn't give that to you. Well, you're making decisions off of that for, for. Also, we can make decisions off of past hurt. Listen, people get hurt all the time. And so you say, I'll never trust a man ever again. I'll never trust a woman. I'll never trust the pastor. I'll never trust a small group. I'll never trust church. I'll never. And so we make decisions on what we do with our lives based off of worldly wisdom. And so everything in our life, all the decisions we make is shaped by what you see, what you think, what you've experienced, what you hear, what you feel. 
And the, and the decisions of your life are made from unspiritual, fleshly wisdom. That it will never get you on the pathway of supernatural living. It will never do it. The wisdom of man makes all the decisions based off of the input it receives of the five senses. We're making decisions. If, when we're doing this, we're pulling all these different directions because it's like our, it's like our you know, we're trying to, Figure out which way, oh, fear's taking me this way or suspicion's taking me this way and oh, pain's taking me here because I want to avoid that person. And it's, we're, we're, we're taken everywhere all the time. Decisions that are made in our life are, are leaving us empty, but we think they're wise, but they're worldly. Followers of Jesus, we do not make our decisions based off of feelings. We make our decisions based off of biblical principles that many times violates our feelings. That was a good place for an amen. So as, as followers of Jesus, we, we don't make decisions based off of what we feel. We make it based off of what's the Bible say. That's the wisdom of God. The wisdom of man does not function beyond what our human senses tell us. But God's wisdom is not limited to our senses, thank God. God's wisdom is not limited to our lack of all the information. He offers us that which is not of this world. He leads us according to his wisdom and his perspective. Here's the great thing, folks. Our God sees the end from the beginning. He sees the middle. He sees three quarters. He sees, he sees it all. And he can lead us and guide us on what we need to do, what decisions we need to make, where we need to go, how we need to operate. And he can do that because he's our God. He's not limited to what we see. He's, he is absolutely all-knowing and able to lead his children according to his purpose and his will. And he does it through biblical principles. The third word that James talks about is this wisdom of man is demonic or of the devil. The truth is the devil is very, very cunning, very sly. Like he came to Eve in the garden. He said, Eve, you got all of this. It looks nice. looks good. I think you're missing something, Eve. I, I, know, I know this is what God has laid out for you. But Eve, I, I don't know. I, I kind of see. I, I think you're missing something. Don't you feel that, Eve? She's like, well, I guess I do. I, he's cunning. He says, Eve, you're not getting everything that's available to you. He says the same thing to us. Hey, you know, I think you're missing something in your life. And conveniently enough, I'll show you what it is. <laughs> the enemy says, hey, listen, there, there's more for you to get. He says, in fact, he told Eve, he says, in fact, if you, if you eat of that fruit... You'll be like God. You won't even need them. You'll, you'll have everything you need. 
and you won't even need God. It's the same lie he tells us. There's actually more than what God has for you. God's ways aren't enough for you. Or God's ways, they're going to limit you. They're going to take from you. God's ways are going to restrict you. They're keeping you for what you really want. And this is what James is talking about, the operating under man's wisdom. It can be demonic. And this is what leads us to make decisions to meet our needs. We go, oh, you're right. God, God is restrictive. He, God's ways aren't enough for me. I need a little more. And we step into a realm and an area that entraps us. And we step out of the supernatural life into the natural life that's now rooted in our flesh, it's unspiritual, and it's demonic. And so this is, this is where the wisdom of man comes from. Those three areas. And so what is the fruit of the wisdom of man in our lives? Verse 14, bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts. That's what it is. So if you, make your, if you live your life for man's wisdom, bitterness, jealousy, and selfish ambition are going to be your partners. They're going to be your companions. If we have... If we have these in our lives, if you, I want you to think about it for a moment. If you have this in your life, it's a, it's a good indicator that you're functioning, living from man's wisdom. And this, it's, it's envy and selfish ambition and boasting. So this is the fruit of it. This, 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 this is the manifestation. And when you're living your life from man's wisdom, this is what you see in your life. Simple questions for us as we just ask God to, to pull the curtains back of our own hearts. Is there any envy or jealousy in your life? Do you struggle with this? Are there people that when something good happens to them, it just eats you up on the inside? Are you secretly wanting someone else to fail? When, maybe when someone gets recognized about something, something just, just gets all nasty up in your crawl. And you go, they don't deserve that. If you see this in your life, it's a pretty good sign. There's some areas of your life that you are living from man's wisdom. It can be the same way in in church context, that there's a lot of, lot of this stuff that's going on even in churches. Well, that church is bigger and that church is this. Or, wow, that, that pastor's got to speak at that conference. And how come even in church, oh, how come that guy gets to speak? I don't get to speak. And how come this is? It, what's going on there? It's, it's the wisdom of man. No matter what we do, friends, no matter what field you're in, I guarantee you there is jealousy and envy in that area. And this, why? Because it's the fruit of the wisdom of man. Secondly, it's the, if, if you live from the wisdom of man, there's selfish ambition. Now, there's nothing wrong with ambition. Nothing wrong with it. 
It's, it's just the motive of the heart. Why are you doing it? A good way of, of saying this is it's, it's all about me. Selfish ambition, it's all about me. It's all about what I think. It's all about, it's all about me. It's, I mean, you, you, as you wake in the morning, inst- instead of, you know, like, it's all about you, God. It's like, it, it, you, you sing a song, Lord, I lift my name on high, you know, whatever. Like, it's all about you. Everything's about you. Draw me close to me. <laughs> Never let me go. And so the selfish ambition is about what I want, what serves me. It doesn't matter if something helps serve someone else. We don't think through that. With selfish ambition, human wisdom, we don't think, oh, you know what? That's going to be great for them. We think, hey, that's not great for me. Why? Because it's all about you. James is saying the root of man's wisdom is from the one whose pride wanted his own way and rebelled against God, Satan. He had an issue with everybody worshiping God. Hey, what about me? What about my attention? What about, what about my praise? And so what happened is this, this very act of selfish ambition is what caused Satan to do what he did. I want attention. I want it to be about me. I'm sick of it being about everybody else and about God. And we live in an age that everyone has an issue. People are ripping one people, this, this group down one side and down the other. On social media, I mean, everybody is offended all the time about something. If we're not careful, man's wisdom will make its way into our hearts. There's, there's so many haters. Everybody has an attitude about something. Why? Because they don't like it. Because it's all about me. Everybody's offended. And the truth is, can we just be truthful for a moment? Say yes, Jason. Okay, great, thank you. The truth is, you listen, you asked for it, so I'm going to tell you. <laughs> the, 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 the truth is, church people can be one of the easiest people to offend. That should not be. But it's true. I mean, no, no matter what it is. I, listen, I've had the great privilege. Cheryl and I have been in ministry for 23 years. I've always known, no matter what I did, somebody was offended with what I did. Always. You change something in church and I, it's not even, and it's like you've committed the abomination of desolation or something. It's, it's bizarre. Why? Man's wisdom. The wisdom of man will motivate you to selfish ambition and to see nothing else but you. How about this church? Let's not be like that. Not here, not in our church, not in our lives, not in our families, not in our world. Let's not do that. 
last word for this operation of man's wisdom and what it, what it produces is boasting. So how, how can you tell the difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom? Man's wisdom always boasts. Man's wisdom says, look at me. Look at my degrees. Nothing wrong with degrees. Nothing wrong of saying you have a degree because it's important. If you're a doctor, I want to know you have a degree, okay? So it's okay. <laughs> it's just the motive of the heart. If you're a lawyer, I want to know you know what you're doing. So uh, I'm, I'm not saying that this is wrong. I'm just saying when all of a sudden there's this, it, our life is about look how many degrees I have. Look how smart I am. Look at me. Look at my success. Look at my name, my accomplishment. Decisions made, and, and this is where it really gets into the, into the roots of who we are. Decisions made from the wisdom of man will cause you to make terrible decisions. Selfish ambition, it'll cause you to, it, it, it'll make you take on a debt you can't afford. With no, with no plan to pay it off. Yeah, but look at the house. I love, there's some commercial a while ago. This guy was in front of this beautiful home. He was riding around on this, on this like John Deere lawnmower. And he was like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And I'm on my yard. And I'm up to debt in my eyeballs, to my eyeballs. I, I can't pay for this house. And don't I look happy? Selfish ambition. God's wisdom doesn't operate with self in the center. It operates with Jesus in the center. It operates from principles that are good for your life, that'll bless you. God's wisdom is always on the basis of purity, humility, and meekness, because those bring glory to the God who saved our nasty butts. Amen? And so we're to live our lives according to God's wisdom. And so, the result of the wisdom of man, verse 16, for where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. Every evil thing, yep. Let me ask you a question. Do, do those words describe maybe your life right now? Confused? evil work that's happening. You're like, wow, what's going on in my life? And do they describe how you're feeling about a decision that you don't feel peace and you, you're, you're confused and you don't know which way to go? And do you feel like everything that you've nailed down is flying loose? Do you have in your heart and your mind confusion or you just, you can't hardly figure out what to do or disorder? Does it seem like you can't get a handle on your life or your emotions? Do you feel like every horizontal surface of your life is cluttered, actually looks like the surface in your kitchen or looks like your office? It just, it just, it just feels like everything is cluttered. Maybe you're paralyzed with indecision because you don't know what to do and you're confused. Maybe this describes your relationships. Maybe this describes your friendships. I don't think really it's, it's this, the wisdom of man is really manifested. We see it the most in our relationships. 
Because there's disorder, there's confusion, there's disunity, there's evil practice. Friends, listen. God has more for us than confusion. Amen. And it's available to you. And God offers the wisdom of God. Because God, in 1 Corinthians 14, is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Maybe you haven't had peace in a really long time. And God, because he's gracious and he's kind, once his word reveals, oh, shoot, I've been living my life from man's wisdom and everything is, is messed up and I, I'm not in the place I want to be. Here's the gracious thing about God when we go, oh, Lord, forgive me for following man's wisdom and cleanse my heart. And, Lord, can I align myself with your way and your wisdom and your word? God says, yes, I've been waiting to bless your life. And he is gracious and he aligns us and he begins to restore what the enemy meant for evil. He begins to use it for good, but it takes a decision for us. I'm going to stop living in man's wisdom and I'm going to align myself with God's way, the way of wisdom, which is from above. Here's the good news. God's wisdom, when applied, it heals marriages. It heals lives. It heals minds. It heals bodies. It it, it sets careers on, on the pathway of success. It, it helps our finances, our homes, our world. The wisdom that comes from above is what you need in your life. It's what all of us need. And true wisdom is from God and it's available to us. In his word, it's available to us through the, through the spirit that dwells in us, the Holy Spirit And it speaks to us and leads us, allows us to be in unity. And the Holy Spirit will never, as he leads us, the Holy Spirit will never ask us to do something the word violates because we make decisions based off of biblical principles that are confirmed by the Holy Spirit. And he leads us and guides us as we live our lives. Listen, you are human. You don't know all all the things that you need, that, that you should do. You don't know all the decisions you need to make. There are times you, you come to a fork in the road. I, I got some great advice from a pastor, Mike Millet from New Orleans, Louisiana. He said, hey, Jason, when you come to a fork in the road, you should take it. <laughs> what he was saying is, well, you can't stop. You, you got to walk in the ways of God and you got to take it. And so this idea, God wants to realign our lives And you're facing decisions. You're like, I don't know what to do. Good, you're human. Most of us condemn ourselves, but I don't know what to do. Listen, you're human. You're not God. But we serve a God who once we come to the end of ourselves and we go, oh, shoot, I'm not God. God's like, I know. (laughs) And he wants us because he wants relationship with us. He wants to be the source of your life. He's not a formula. He's a relationship. He wants you to look to him. He wa- it's like a child that's like, I'm hungry. The mama's heart goes like, well, let me feed you. It ministers to the mama when the child says, mom, can you feed me? Ministers to my heart too, so it's fine. But it's, it's the same thing. You, God, it's, and God wants to meet your needs. 
God didn't just spin you out on this word like a top. He's like, well, figure it out, son. He said, no, I'm your God. I created you with a need for me because I want to show you that I'm actually good. I actually want the best for your life. I actually want to lead you. I actually want to guide you. I actually want you to come to a fork in the road and not know which way to go. And I go, come over this way. Why? Because I'm a good God and I'm your father and I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I've given you my word. I've given you my spirit. I've redeemed you. I look at you. I see the righteousness of my son. You are, you are my child. Let me lead you and guide you. So how do we know that our decisions are made from God's wisdom? Well, James lays it out. They're pure. So when we are desiring to live a life of purity under the blood of Jesus, that's it. if we're making decisions that are, that are pure, that means we're walking in God's wisdom. So do you have areas in your life that lack purity? If you do, just align yourself with the Lord and ask him to cleanse you and transform your mind. That's what he does. Decisions made from God's wisdom are peace-loving. So many people think, nope, this is what God is telling me to do. And you're just a big troublemaker. You're not a peacemaker. Or do you find yourself quarreling over silly stuff? Do you find yourself looking to get into a, a fight with something? If you do, just align yourself. What this means, though, if you have these things in your life, it means that you're lacking areas that, that you need to align yourself with God's wisdom. Is decisions made from God's wisdom are considerate. They're gentle. They consider others. They're also submissive. There's not this independent, like, by golly, don't tell me what to do. I just, just Jesus and my Bible and get away from me. I'm going to go intercede for you, you nasty person. <laughs> That's not living in the blessing of God. Are you full of mercy? So decisions made from God's wisdom are full of mercy. God's wisdom is envious. It's jealous. It's degrading. It's hostile. Wisdom of God says that love keeps no records of wrongs. Decisions made from God's wisdom is full of good fruit. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. It's impartial. So decisions that are made from God's wisdom isn't thinking, who, I think I'll do this and it'll please that person and that way, that person can maybe give me a kickback on some favor later, and then we can, uh, no, no, no. Decisions made from God's wisdom is you make decisions based off of biblical principles, whether people like it or not. And because of that, it aligns your life with him, and he's able to bless your life. I, I, our whole walk with God, so often, it's a, it's a journey of alignment. It's a journey of alignment. God's blessing is flowing. That's who he is. Like, everything about him is good. 
And most of the time we get out of alignment and then we get mad at him because we don't, we don't experience his blessing in our life, whether it's peace in our, in our minds, our hearts, our lives, our finance, whatever that is. And God says, I, I, my blessing is there. Just align yourself with who I am and then you'll begin to receive it. So many of us, we just need to get under, align ourselves with what God has for our lives. Decisions that are made from God's wisdom are also sincere. So you, you know you're living by God's wisdom if there's purity, there's peace, you're considerate, there's submission, you're full of mercy, there's good fruit that you're seeing, you're impartial and you're authentic and real and sincere. And a life lived from this, from these things. Verse 18, it'll, what you're doing is you're planting seeds of peace. And therefore, you're going to reap a harvest of righteousness. Here's the deal, friends. Some of us have been sowing seeds of the flesh for so often. I mean, we got 40 acres of just weeds and we planted every one of them and we serve a God that invites us you actually sow so you actually reap what you sow and so then you go oh no I've I've sown my whole the whole land that God you've given me my whole heart my mind I've just I've just sown bitterness and, and wisdom of man and now there's just weeds and, and all kinds of, God, what do I do? And God says, I know. I'm the God who can cause a crop failure. So all the seeds that you planted, I can cause them to, to die as you realign your li life with me and begin planting seeds of peace and you will reap righteousness. Man's wisdom starts sounding, it sounds reasonable, sounds rational. But the end product of man's wisdom is destruction, pain, and confusion. God's wisdom often asks you to believe things you can't see, you can't touch, you can't hear, you can't smell, you can't taste. God's wisdom is, you don't know what to do, you... You don't know what decision to make. But God, God's wisdom invites us to rely on the grace of God and then to come to the scriptures when we don't know what to do and align ourselves and follow peace, align ourselves and follow principles, align ourselves and follow his wisdom. So friends, what you really need, what we really need is God's wisdom. So I just want us to take a moment as the band comes out just for a moment on the keys, actually, just come out on the keys. I want us just to take a moment and ask yourself if you lack wisdom. Now, I promise you the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> so we don't have to wait too long for, to evaluate. I lack wisdom, okay? How many here lack wisdom? Raise your hand. Raise your, okay, great, great, good. So then what? Well, how do you get wisdom if you don't have wisdom? 
James 1.5 tells us. It says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, hey, that's us. Let him ask God who generously, who gives generously to all without reproach, without finding fault. Most of us don't ask for wisdom because we're like, ooh, but I, but, I've, but I made decisions that were not wise. Um, the word of God says you ask him for wisdom and he doesn't come and go, oh, I was going to give it to you. Ooh, man, you did make a lot of stupid decisions. No, no. He gives us wisdom without finding fault, without reproach, without going, what? who do you think you are asking for wisdom? No, no. God gives generously to all who what? Ask. And he says in his word, James writes, inspired of the Holy Spirit, when you ask, it will be given. That's the God that we serve. He just wants us to ask. So where do you lack wisdom today, friends? Maybe it's in your relationship. Maybe it's in your, your own personal life. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe, maybe it's the area of purity in your life. Maybe it's the area of, of there's strife. And you know what? It's time, Lord, give me wisdom. I want to align my life with your wisdom. So if we could, just, just a minute, just bow your head just for a moment. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the areas of your life that you lack wisdom. Don't be condemned by it. Be convicted by it. Maybe there's areas you just need to repent. Repent of your lack of purity. Repent of these decisions that you made that were just based off of man and your flesh without considering the spiritual implications. Maybe it's the things that you watch or things that you listen to that you, that you realize, man, I, I, that is not wise. Maybe it's a lack of submission to the Lord. Maybe you're processing from past learned behaviors of how you made decisions and how you saw the world and Maybe you've cut people out of your life because of you were told those type of people, you, you can't trust them, you can't be around them, and, but really they're a blessing to you. Maybe you're single today because you, you made a decision for man's wisdom that you'll never trust another man. Maybe it's with your children. Maybe you're a parent and maybe today as a parent and just, just continue to just be in this place and allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Maybe today you are, you are feeling incredible condemnation because, of, because you weren't a perfect parent. First off, Take a number, get in line. Second, condemnation is not for those who are in Christ. Some of you, the enemy has lied to you and just 
totally taken the wind out of your sails because you see the decisions that your kids have made is somehow they were your decisions. The Lord wants to give you healing and restore to you the joy of your heart, the love for life, and lead you into a new season. The Lord is gracious and he is kind and he is forgiving. Maybe some of you have, you've never aligned your finances with the wisdom of God. You've never given unto the Lord. You've never done it regularly. You've, you've, you've just always, you've, it's always been about you and your control. And the Lord today wants you to surrender that control. So Holy Spirit, we, we recognize you are revealing in our hearts where we need wisdom. And so today, Lord, we align ourselves and our lives with you. And so Lord, we lack wisdom. And wh wherever that is, just, I, just tell it, God, I lack wisdom in this area. In marriage and parenting and business and whatever it may be. I lack wisdom here. And Lord, I want to ask for your help that you would give generously wisdom without condemning me, without finding fault. And Lord, today I thank you for the wisdom that you're giving me right now. I thank you for the wisdom that's in your word. I thank you for the wisdom that is waiting for me in that next decision. And so Lord, today we want to thank you for your graciousness and your kindness to us. Lord, may we leave here today leaning and, and being very self-aware of the, of the system of which we're basing our decisions off of. And God, may today, may we leave, all of us, anchored to the wisdom of God. And may we begin to see the blessing of you in our life. Bless your people today, God. Honor them. Honor their, their faith as I know you are, but God, just, just let, let them sense your, your pleasure over their life. Lord, heal our hearts and heal our minds that we would function from your place of purity and your wisdom. Just remain with your heads bowed for a moment. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus and you recognize you need him and you want to put your faith in him and, and repent of your sins and be saved, if you're here, nobody's looking around, just raise your hand right where you are and receive salvation of the Lord. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I'm going to lead you in a prayer that's just confirming the act of your will to put your faith in Christ today. We're all going to pray it together, and I just ask that you would pray it deeply from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I put my faith in you. I put my faith that you died for me. You rose from the dead. And you did it for me. So I put my faith in that. Thank you for saving me. I give you my life. From this moment forward, I want to follow you. Fill me with your spirit and lead me and guide me.
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's get